Welcome to the Wildcat Way, a podcast that gives the mic to Dr. Marcus Campbell, the superintendent of Evanston Township High School. Join us on this audio journey as Dr. Campbell shares his stories and insights and has honest, real conversations with people who make ETHS and our community the incredible place it is. Being the parent or guardian of a high schooler can be an exciting, eye-opening, and sometimes worrisome experience. Walking the halls at ETHS for students these days is quite different than 30, 20, even 10 years ago. On this episode of The Wildcat Way, ETHS Superintendent Marcus Campbell sits down with Evanston community members, two parents of ETHS students, to gain perspective about their experience and learn from them as they navigate ETHS with their children. Let's begin. You know what to do. Welcome, Gabriella Ramos and Steve Jones, two of our parents and community members. Gabriella is the parent of two freshmen who were twins, and Steve is a parent of a sophomore and a senior. So, Welcome, Gabriella. Welcome, Steve. Um, tell us about your families and uh, what does it mean to be a part of the Wildcat family? Uh, you know, it's been it's been terrific. Um, I've really appreciated everything the schools tried to do during the pandemic. Um, and as a university professor myself, I have some idea what that was like trying to make that pivot. And I think the school. It felt really good having a school that was attending not just to the educational needs, the outright curricular kind of things, but also the the mental and physical health and well-being of students throughout. Um, it's been a very different experience than my high school experience, um, and that's that's been a great learning thing. When I listen to my kids talk about it, too, I've really appreciated. Uh, their ability to talk about what goes on here and the kind of things that they come across every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that we really try to do is extend and build a culture of care um, for our students and families. And during the pandemic, we pretty much did whatever we thought we could do. We try to extend that same care now that we're back in person and we're having a bit of a normal school year. Um, and so I'm glad that your students are feeling um, that the school cares and that uh, we, we try to extend ourselves uh, when we can. Um, Gabriella, you've got two freshman students. Yes. Um, how is that transition going from, uh, you know, District 65 to 202? And how are your twins doing? Well, um, it's been an amazing uh, transition, actually. Like, when my kids were, we first came to Evanston, my kids were probably in, like, third or fourth grade. And I knew from the time that they were in grade school that I wanted them to go to Evanston Township High School. I'm like, whatever it takes, like, we're going to stay in the district, we're going to stay at this school. Like, this school has an amazing athletics department, uh, just everything about the school. I would hear from, like, friends. I have lots of friends who graduated from ETHS, actually, and I didn't. Um, but I wanted my kids to go to this school, and they're finally here. It was kind of a little dream come true, actually. Um, my one daughter is in wrestling and girls wrestling who knew like she would want to be a part of girls wrestling right um you know my son he's in clubs he's you know doing film club tech club 
I think Evanston has just been great to my family, honestly. Um, I just I couldn't imagine any place else that I would want to raise my kids. Um, I've been around the country growing up, and I came to Evanston for one year when I was in sixth grade, and I came back. I remembered Evanston. I wanted my kids to go to Evanston. Now we're here. They're living the dream. I'm living the dream. <laughs> yeah. It's been very, like, a good experience. Good experience. I'm happy to hear you say that, too, because um, a lot of students don't know that mm-hmm. every high school in this country is not like this. Uh, to have the kind of athletic program and the extracurricular uh, activities that we have going on at the school, to have a planetarium, yeah. right, to have all of the things that we have, um, we're very fortunate and uh, very, very, very fortunate to, to, to be able to uh, serve kids in that way. And, uh, by the way, to have an outstanding academic program uh, here as well. So um, you both serve on the Community Advisory Council uh, that I pretty much started and who initiated this year with our uh, communications team here at mm-hmm. the district. And uh, why did you agree to serve on the council? Like, what's your goal for uh, having conversation with, uh, with a guy like like me as uh, a superintendent of, uh, of 202. Like, what brings you here? Uh, Gabriella, why don't you start there? So I did, a, I did quite a bit of, um, like, volunteer work. Um, I used to work for Northwestern, and we did a lot of volunteer work with, uh, you know, raising cancer um, awareness, like, in underserved communities and, you know, promoting cancer screening and everything. And, and I did work in, in the community in that capacity, but... I haven't really spent a lot of time working with like um, my children's schools or the community like within Evanston itself. I, I've worked in communities and you know the South Side and everything, but I kind of wanted to see what was going on here. And you know, my kids spend a lot of time here every day. They're here for hours at a time, so I wanted to see. I wanted to contribute. I wanted to see if I could make the cut actually for being on the council and then use that platform to kind of advocate for other families and other students. Well, thank you for joining, you know, the council, you know, your voice has just been, you know, very important um, in the issues and the questions that you've been raising. Um, So thank you for that. Steve, what about you? What was your goal and, and uh, joining us in conversation? Well, I was really active uh, on the PTA at my kids' elementary school and then with PTA Council um, in Evanston, too. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was being able to kind of synthesize what I was hearing from other parents and kind of serve as a bridge between parents and the school. Um, And that's kind of been my... My goal here is to try to bring in that voice um, in in a bit of a more synthesized way. I'm sure you hear a lot, uh, but it's coming from kind of all over the place. And I think having some uh, focus where people kind of you know come to a and I, I think that's why it's great to have this uh, this council yeah. to be able to kind of focus parents' ideas, concerns, etc., um, and synthesize them, condense them, and, and bring them over to you and have those kind of discussions. Yeah, one of the things that I it's worked for me in the sense is to be able to have a sustained, consistent 
conversation um, and building like relationships with those that are on the council. Um, I get a lot, you're right, and sometimes it's decontextualized. You know, I've been here a long time, so I know families and I know people and that kind of thing. But this is very good for me to like be establishing, you know, personal relationships to see all of you establish relationships with each other and really talk about what's happening in our school community, right? From our various uh, vantage points. And so um, I really appreciate um, both of you taking the opportunity to, to, to serve and taking the time. And, you know, we could talk, probably talk every week and uh, still have, uh, you know, um, not enough time to really get through all of the issues and the challenges. And, and I celebrate the good things too of what's happening in the district. Um, so last month, we had some students to tell us, um, you know, to, to give advice to parents. And one of the things that the students said to us that the parents should show some empathy um, uh, to their students and with their students as they navigate, you know, transitioning to high school and as they matriculate through the high school. And uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about that, uh, the idea of empathy, and uh, and how are you um, supporting your students uh, here at ETHS? So uh, I that is so crucial. Uh, you know, uh, I had the good fortune of working at the University of Illinois, Chicago, with Roger Weisberg, who founded the Center for Advanced Social-Emotional Learning. And... You know, one of the first things that I think you do as a parent, because nobody trains you in this, right? <laughs> there's no manual. There's no here. manual, and there's no, you know, you, you go by kind of what you went through as a kid. And what you went through as a kid is so different than what your kids are going through. Absolutely. So different. So you got to listen. And kind of the first instinct, I think, for most parents is... To kind of hear a little bit and they go, okay, I'm not, here's how I'm going to try to fix this. You know, but just the listening part of it is so crucial. And it, I think you really need to kind of build that skill and have that opportunity to listen to them and then engage in conversation with them. And that is so not what my parents did with me. I mean, it's just generations, you know, and I think we're, I think we're getting better at this. Um, but I think our kids can lead the way. In this too, they they have so uh, I think greatly um, taken on some of the ideas from social emotional learning themselves, and can teach us a lot about how to listen, how to support, um, and how to be kind of partnering in their growth process through high school. And not just kind of being, you know, quote, unquote, the parent. Yeah. Yeah. The student experience is vastly different. Um, last last month's um, podcast, we were just sharing that, you know, they went to school through once in a century pandemic. Right. And have are, are living in the world of social media and so many other dynamics that make they can make their experience very complex um, um, as well as trying to get an education through all of that. So I'm curious, Gabriella, what do you think about that? showing empathy and um, how are you supporting your, your twins as they navigate a, essentially a, 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 a newer school or new school emerging out of a pandemic as freshmen? So the one thing that I can kind of tip that I can stress the most is validation. Validate their feelings, 
validate just giving that showing them that you know you understand not even that even if you don't understand exactly what they're going through that you're listening to them and then you can appreciate that they're sharing that with you and i think cultivating that communication with your child is just so important it's gonna be something that you have to work on it's not something that people know how to do immediately like you have to kind of train yourself and and train your almost you know your relationship a little bit that relationship's gonna last your kid's not always going to be your kid. They're going to grow up one day. They grow they're up. Gonna be an, they're going to be an adult. You know, what you, um, how you handle these situations, um, understanding them, their emotional health and, you know, their mental health is, is going to impact them as an adult as well. So we need to be careful um, and just make sure that, you know, we're validating their feelings. The world is vastly different than it was when we were growing up. We never had active shooter drills you know, I mean, I think the can, most we did was like tornadoes or something exactly, like that. Exactly, fire drills, tornado <laughs> yeah, drills. They're having the active drills. shooter yeah, drills, yeah. And, and just with social media, they're constantly, constantly getting bad news sometimes. So we just have to be very sensitive to their emotional health and, and be a resource for them and encourage them to come to you. They can talk to you. You know, don't don't judge how they're feeling, but just try to understand, listen to them. So. Yeah, and if you don't understand. You know, ask them for more. Try to try to and tell them. Right. You know, I don't tell me in a different way or explain it or mm-hmm. you know try to elicit some more conversation from them because my you know my my experience was always you know it, that was kind of a shutting down was well I don't get it uh, you know and that was kind of end of story right and I think that's actually you could use that in a positive way and say well I, I'm not really getting it tell me more help me out here. Yeah. And so the school's been trying to adjust, right, um, to the world of this, you know, these threats and feeling so vulnerable, right? You know, students, their emotional safety and vulnerability um, it can be compromised with regard to social media and, um, you know, with regard to, um, you know, these mass casualty events that are happening seems on routine. Mm-hmm. And so the school's been trying to adjust and respond and put safety procedures in place. And what do you, so we've made a lot of changes. So what do you think of some of the changes that the school has made to support students, keep students safe, or, you know, to really help students get back on track after the pandemic. And Steve, you probably got a little bit of context for this question. What do you make, uh, what do you make of the changes um, of ETHS so far? I mean, I I think, I think the efforts have been great. Um, I I think in some ways you always end up being somewhat reactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, You kind of never know what, what's around the corner uh the social media component of it is so difficult um high school is tough enough socially and now you potentially have the whole world looking at you and when i think back to my high school experience if i had that sort of lens focused on me from potentially anywhere really um i I think i would have completely freaked out um, you know, I think the the effort the school makes to try to get the students' knowledge about how to deal with these things, but also to keep channels of communication open uh, with social workers, with teachers and staff, uh, with safety folks, 
I think that's a, a key part of it right there too. And then bringing parents into that conversation and that mix is yeah. is crucial because so much of what goes on uh, in terms of I think how safe students feel is not just when they're here, but it's also when they're uh, out in the larger community too. And, and yeah. so it's that's a a huge conversation ongoing. Yeah, Gabriella, what do you make of this shift or the changes that you know uh, that you know about and your twins are you know adjusting to even academically after the after the pandemic? Yeah. So, well, since my my kids are freshmen, I, I can't speak to um, so many things from last year, but I know this year um, it just seems to have like a pretty good comprehensive plan um, that you guys have in place to kind of you know cultivate a safe environment and make students feel safe and, and i i appreciate that i feel like um evanston try evanston township tries really hard to make students feel safe and um provide resources for students um that they might we might not have at other you know schools i, I we take my students take advantage of a lot of the resources here which is great and as a parent I, I couldn't have asked for more it makes parenting that much easier to be in the loop with how my kids are you know feeling doing day-to-day um, working with the teachers having that open line of communication so I mean I think it we're going in the right direction I mean there's always going to be work to do always work to do it yeah. I, I don't think works ever gonna you know <laughs> they're not going to be anything else to do but I think it's going in the right direction and you know even having these conversations with the school directly and having the opportunity to have those conversations with the school directly is it just shows that how dedicated you know Evanston Township is to making this happen and making the kids feel safe I don't I don't, I don't intend to kind of put you on the spot with this uh, but I'm gonna put it a little bit on you here which is you know how do you uh, how do you make a shift from being reactive to being kind of proactive? Um, you know, are are there some things that you could maybe see kind of for the future that you know, or is it just this kind of race to keep up with you know what's going on out there in the world that kind of keeps impinging on our community? That's a great question. I think it's always a little bit of both, right? You know, you don't really know always what's around the corner, so you have to respond to that. And I used to always I tell folks there's a difference between being reactive and responsive. You know, reactive, you know, you know, there's really no thought. Responsive is, okay, how do we think through systemically, philosophically, procedurally to respond to an event uh, or a series of events or a context of scenarios? Um, and we also are thinking about, okay, um, how do we be proactive at addressing the mental uh, health of the students, the social-emotional functioning of the students? Um, what needs can we anticipate, right? And to some degree, yeah, there are many sets of, of, of context and, and needs and uh, services that we know we can provide. But then the students always will show us and demonstrate what they need and what they want, and then you have to respond to that. So um, it's always both. Um, they're definitely uh, last year we, we were anticipating needs of this year that we were able to address and next year based on this year we're already anticipating um, how we can be proactive at uh, some other aspects of, um, of, of school being more inclusive and more responsive to 
how the kids are coming to us based on the last three years. Because we really haven't had this before, right? right? We haven't had to respond to kids who've been through and lived through a pandemic and remote learning and all of the the the, the breaks in the sequence of learning and, and, and all of the stuff, right? And we're trying to figure out how do we continue to assess that? How do we continue to teach them how to self-regulate and ask for help? And how do we continue to teach them conflict management? You know, and then, so there's so much happening um, and but we're always trying to be responsive but also proactive based on the data that we have and um you know we're kind of used to that but um how it shows up and 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 what the it is and what it looks like we don't always know right because i still feel like we're building a new school uh, and new programs and new approaches uh based on the the uh, the consequences of the pandemic and we might be doing that for some time um as we close i just have a question what advice would you give to uh future or wild kid families or wild kid families in general like what advice would you give to them well i would i would definitely say take advantage of the resources that are available at the school there's so many different um, departments and resources available for um, your family, for your children, for their mental health, um, social workers. Take advantage. Um, learn what's available here. Also, there's, you know, try to get your kids involved. There's something for everybody here. Yeah. And if there's not it here, we'll create it. <laughs> we'll make it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can only really echo that and you know and, and and kind of harken back to something you said earlier about validating. You know whatever it is your kids want to do, let them explore that while they're here. I mean this is this is a great place to explore stuff and figure some things out before you move on into the world whether that's college or job or whatever it might be. You know, this is a this is kind of a ground on which you can experiment a bit. Um, and the degree to which you can support your student as they do that kind of stuff is going to make such an impact on their future. Because, the, you know, the older you get, the less experimenting you're going to be able to do. So look around at all the, the sports, the clubs, everything that's available. Uh, and, you know, try to help them out to choose some of that stuff and then support them when they do. And uh, support them if they stop. Right. You know, <laughs> right. if they kind of go, well, maybe that really wasn't for me. Maybe this other thing would be like, you know, yeah, great. Go for it. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And um, thank you for joining me, uh, Gabriella. Thank you, Steve. You know, you all have um, certainly um, given me perspective. So I hope that um, those that are listening could take something away from this conversation, too. Right, Thanks awesome. so much. Thanks for having me. Be sure to stay connected to The Wild Kid Way by subscribing to it wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Thank you for listening. This is The Wild Kid Way. Wild Kid Way.